Welcome to the Mastering Medicare podcast, where we demystify healthcare and Medicare for senior-serving professionals and providers with your co-hosts, Dr. Alex Moseni and Dr. Amy Schiffman. Visit MasteringMedicare.net for show notes, additional episodes, and valuable resources. Okay, we are back now with our next episode, and we are so excited to talk to Matt Gibson today from 90 Days from Retirement. And before we get into that, we do, again, want to mention that we recently launched our new newsletter called Aging Here to help keep all the folks in the aging in place and senior services market up to date with all the latest changes in our industry. So let me pass it on to to Amy if you want to help introduce Matt and, and take it from there. Thank you, Alex. Again, it's always so fun to be back post-COVID. I am never going to get sick and tired of saying that. Anyways, I really wanted to welcome our next guest. One of the things that we did notice in our sort of stats and sort of things that we can get out of our podcasting and out of our newsletter that we've already launched is we have a lot of folks from the insurance sales side that seem to be really interested in understanding what we do. One of the neat things about somebody who is in the original Medicare market is they don't always know how people purchase their insurance products. So I think today's guest is going to help us to understand how an individual who is aging and potentially going to be retiring, how are they actually going to get that insurance after they retire? So 90 Days from Retirement, what a great name. Why don't you tell us about all of this? <laughs> tell us what's going on in your, in your neck of the woods in Utah. Sure, sure. So 90 Days from, I'm going to extend that, 90daysfromretirement.com. That's our website. And we, we are all about education from the very beginnings of our, our history. Our, our agency has been around 13 years. My business partner and I uh, both came from the carrier side. We were both directors of sales, different competing comp- carriers, and we jumped into the Medicare space. But from the very beginning, we didn't want to do what all the rest of the agents were doing, and that was buying leads of people turning 65. We wanted to do it a little bit different. So we've never done that. And so we've provided edu- an education platform and 90daysfromretirement.com. We have, I don't know, dozens and dozens of educational videos. So anyway, that's kind of our, our, our niche. And so we, we know that people just by nature of our industry, as they're turning 65, they don't, in some ways, they don't really have to go out and look for help because they are absolutely bombarded. They get two or three pieces of of Medicare junk mail every single day in their mailbox. It could be from an insurance carrier. It could be from an insurance agent or an agency. Some of them might be inviting them to a steak dinner. Some of them are financial planners, but there's a lot of Medicare stuff. They don't have to go very far if they want to use that, you know, that source and fill out a reply card. They're getting tons and tons of unsolicited phone calls from people all over the country saying, hey, I understand that you're turning 65 and I'd like to help you. So that's that's the way that a lot of people are getting it. We've been fortunate in that our education platform allows people to say, oh, 
I heard that guy. I think I like what he's saying and he's not pestering me over and over on the phone. I'm going to keep his contact. And when I'm ready, I'm calling them. That's kind of how we have evolved. That's kind of, that's kind of a long answer to your short question. Oh, that no, that's really interesting. So let me go back to one thing. How does anybody know that I'm turning 65? Where does that information come from? That's oh, a little scary. It's all public information. There oh. are companies that their their entire business model is buying data of people turning 65, generating leads and selling those leads. And what, what's kind of sad is for most agents in that space that are, that are willing to spend, you know, a couple thousand dollars a month buying leads, they're not buying unique leads. That lead, that same lead might be sold to a hundred different agents. Of it, course. Oh, that is brilliant. It, and then probably resold from there. Yeah, it's pathetic. And many of those leads aren't even qualified leads. They're supposed to be, you know, in our industry, we have a lot of restrictions and a lot of worth. Some of them are, I'm going to say, worthwhile marketing guidelines that we have to adhere to. There's a lot of silliness in our industry, I'll, I'm just going to say. But one of the rules that, and we have to t do a certification every fall with every carrier that we're going to sell. And part of that certification is marketing rules. And one of those rules is you cannot make an unsolicited phone call to someone to sell them a Medicare Advantage or a Medicare Part D drug plan. Yet thousands, literally probably 10,000 times a day in America, that rule is broken by agents that are just saying, I don't care. No one's policing that. So I'm going to just call these people. And if they... I get complained about, I'm going to say, well, I wasn't calling about an advantage plan. I was calling about a supplement plan or something. So. Oh, Wait. so that rule is specific to MA and not to supplement. It's, it's specific oh, to... my God. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, Kiat, let's all, start at the highest all. level, Matt. Tell us a little bit about, like, what are the main products you sell? And re-summarize for the audience the difference between the two. Sure. Uh, essentially, there's two... Uh, in the Medicare space, you have two choices. You can go down the space of original Medicare and then add a Medicare supplement plan to go with that. And I'm going to add to that. Some people know it by its other name, not a supplement, but by a Medigap plan. Those two terms mean exactly the same thing. Medicare pays first. And then that Medigap plan comes in and says, oh, we see it. Medicare didn't have that deductible. We're going to pay that. And it didn't cover that coinsurance. We're going to pay that. That's in a, that's kind of a, a very nutshell of how Medigap or Medicare supplement plans work. So that's, that's one path that someone can take as they're going on Medicare for the first time. The other path is absolutely opposite of that. And it's called the technical term. And you said it early, Amy, part C. But honestly, no one ever comes in my office and says, oh, I've been doing my homework. I've read the Medicare and you book and what I've really <laughs> part C. Never, 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 never. They say, I think I want an Advantage plan or maybe I want a Medicare Advantage plan, but never I want part C. They might say, what is part C? <laughs> 
So that's option number two. And and do you want, I don't know how deep dive you want me to go into that at this moment in time. You want me to all right. So here here's how an advantage plan works. So they are essentially a replacement policy for Medicare. When someone signs up for a Medicare Advantage plan, the very first things that happen, and whether they're calling directly into an insurance company, maybe they did fill out a reply card to an insurance carrier and they, or they called that toll-free number on that card and they went directly to an insurance company or they went through an insurance broker like us. When that application is taken and, the, and it gets to the insurance carrier, the first thing that they're going to do, they get to tap into the Medicare database to verify that you have Medicare Parts A and B. You have to have A and B effective when that Advantage plan goes into place. Number two, when, as soon as they verify that, and this is all done electronically in the blink of an eye, but they're essentially notifying Medicare to say, hey, Medicare, guess what? We got another ad Advantage client today. Go ahead and turn off all of your responsibility of Part A and B financial responsibility. Turn that off. Go ahead. Shift it to us. We will take it from here. We'll pay their claims. We'll do all the administration. We'll provide their benefits. We'll provide their provider network that we want them to stay within, whether that's an HMO or PPO. We're going to do all of that. We're taking all of the risk. And oh, by the way, Medicare, remember, we have an agreement. As soon as you turn it off, you have to pay us a monthly fee that we have agreed upon. And those fees are not little little dollars. They're a lot of dollars. And 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 both Medicare and the insurance companies work together and they, they both like that arrangement. Medicare has a fixed dollar amount that they just budget and say, great, we just we pay that amount, we're shifting it done. And the insurance company, they're not stupid. They're very bright. They have smart people called actuaries, and they are designing benefits to fit within the dollars that they're receiving from Medicare. That's, that's how they operate. Yeah. And because of those dollars, most of the Advantage plans have zero monthly premium. And, and, and when I do speaking engagements, when I meet with people, I'm going to tell them just what I told you, because when we get to the point of saying, here's an Advantage plan and it's zero premium, without the backstory, they might go, wait, a whoa, whoa, I've always had to pay for health insurance. How come, how come they're giving that away? It can't be any good if they're just trying to give it away for zero. Well, they... They're getting paid and it's hundreds and hundreds of dollars of what yeah. they're, they're getting paid. Oh, and by the way, these insurance companies, many of them say, well, we're not for profit. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's another podcast. Yeah. Right? So, but they're all profit driven insurance companies. 
But you know what? There's profit-driven insurance companies for everything that we touch and feel in our lives. So that's that's another thing. So anyway, yeah. Thank that, you for help. What what we're yeah, talking. that's wonderful. And we've done some deep dives in the past on all that. So I I think that that's a great recap for everybody. So Matt, tell us a little bit on the broker side about like what what's how does it work in terms of. What sort of commission, and you can give us a range maybe, is earned on a Medigap policy versus an MA policy? And then, like, how do you even arrange for that? Do you have to contract with the different plans in order to earn a commission? Or is it, like, can anybody just start becoming a Medicare broker? How does that all work? Oh, my God. Did you just open the competitive marketplace? Well, I'm trying to understand. Well, that just, this kidding. is what we do here, right? We yeah, try I know. To, we yeah. need to figure out how anybody yeah. does this. Yeah. All right, we just cracked open the vault, and you know, this is the vault. The safe is opened. Oh my gosh! So yes, in in our world, we have to be number one. We have to be insurance licensed for health insurance. Most of us are health and life insurance, you know, brokers. That's a whole different license than, say, a property and casualty license. Next, you have to contract with specific insurance companies, whether it's a Medicare Advantage product or a supplement product. You have you're going to contract with those companies. Most of our industry is driven by a field marketing o- operation or an SMO, where they hold the master contract and then they contract with agents below that. It's it, it's silly. I honestly, I think that's silly but that's that's our world you might have someone in between the fmo and the producing agent you know general marketing agent or something like that but the commissions flow down so from a producer standpoint in order for us to sell their product besides being licensed with them especially well more specifically on the ma side we have to be certified. We have to go through a testing process. Besides our license, every carrier that we sell their Medicare Advantage product, we have to go through their training process. It's all online nowadays. Oh, wow. There's there's a pretty fair amount of information. You You might spend four hours per carrier every single year to sell and retain their commissions. So, uh, you know, a broker like us in our market, just here in Utah, we have about carriers. So guess what we're doing the last part of the summer and into, you know, August, September is we're doing recertifying and there's a national certification called AHIP that we have to do. And that's, you know, maybe another four hours of studying and then passing these tests and the tests, they, they, they're not. They're not all standardized per se. And so you might have one carrier that's pretty easy, pretty easy. They want people passing and selling their product. And then you have others that are incredibly difficult. I mean, crazy. And they might have, you know, a dozen different modules and you have to pass all of those modules with a 90% pass rate. You get three chances or, and, or you're out and you and but it, it and, makes sense. But it, it makes sense. They don't want you to sell something and then they get complaints later, right? Like, right. oh, sure, they cover your, you know, orthodontics or whatever it is. And then the next thing you know, they're like, but Bob said they covered my orthodontics. I mean, there is a 
you know, a slow and steady right. reason for them right. to want you to be well-trained. That's so interesting. Well, there's, you know, there's technical like marketing guidelines and the Medicare nuts and bolts, A and B, et cetera. And then they have product testing as well. So it's, it, it's pretty in-depth to get to the point of actually selling a product. Oh my God. I'm so excited. Alex, do you think we could yeah. take the test? I want to, I want, can you forward the test to me the next time? Oh. I want to see if I can pass. <laughs> but I had to do a cold, you would. I wouldn't know. Uh, yeah. Alex, you might have a question, but I want to kind of just, I want to interject really quickly. Do you know what people's HCC scores are when you are selling them a product? Meaning, do you know what their risk profile looks like when you're selling them a product for MA? No idea. No, Got no it. idea. So, so Matt, are the are the FMOs that you mentioned, are they the ones who are actually negotiating the commission rates and then you just sign up with the FMO? Because I can't imagine all these different brokers are negotiating like brokerage commissions independently one by one. So the the street level commissions that that we kind of start with, they're all standardized, actually. DMS has this is the, the initial commission level for this year, and this is the renewal level this year. And it doesn't matter which carrier, that is the number. And a, and a carrier can't say, well, we're going to pay you more. In fact, they're very restricted. If they, they can't, you know, in the insurance world in general, there's, of course, it's big deal and there's scripts and contests and stuff like that. In the Medicare Advantage world, there is none of that because if they, you know, they pay you the street level and then, oh, by the way, we're going to have an awards banquet and the value of that is another $100, they'll get in trouble. So there, okay. there's no other spiffs per se from the, the insurance carrier to sell or to incentivize you to sell more products. That's not the case with Medicare supplement plans. It's not the case with all kinds of other insurance products, but for Medicare Advantage plans and Part D drug plans, very, very regulated. Very Got regulated. It. So yeah, let's say, let's say I'm 65 and I, and I'm interested in some in signing up for an MA plan, and you're my broker, and you show me a United Healthcare plan and an Aetna plan and a Humana plan and I choose one of those, what actually happens next mechanically? Like, is there an online form you fill out? Like, how do they know that this referral came from you and how do the dollars get to you, the commission dollars? So all applications, whether they're paper or electronic, and that's the way they've almost all gone at this point. And we had electronic applications before COVID, but, be but COVID really drove that process. Oh, absolutely. But whether it's a paper application or an electronic application, they're all going to have a line that has your broker information. So your name and your broker ID number. And so that when it gets to that insurance carrier, they know who to credit that commission to. Got it. But you have to previously, like you, you have to previously somehow be in the network of that plan, you can't just start selling a plan that you haven't like taken the certification for and all of that. Right. Right. They won't even, they won't even provide you sales material unless you've done all of that process first. 
That's so interesting because wow. that's weird for me because there's a lot of big plans, right? All the big players, the Uniteds and the Humanas of the world. But I, aren't there a ton of smaller ones too? Uh, you know, I don't know. It, Nash, there are a lot of plans and and each each zip code is specific to what plans are available. It's not even always necessarily, yeah. you know, by state. Well, for sure, it's not by state. You might have different parts of the state that have 30 advantage plans and some might have two or zero depending on the population and the medical resources and cost of care in certain areas so that can that could definitely be different even as a broker i'm licensed in about five states but if I had someone call me who maybe i i mean you know this happened a bunch of times i've got a client and now they're moving to Georgia or some other place. And Matt, we're moving. What do we need to do? Well, we got to change your advantage plan. And how much is it going to be? You know, there's resources I can tap into like Medicare.gov and see what's available. But if I were to go back to United Healthcare and try to get marketing materials for that area, and if I'm not licensed in that state, they, they won't re even release marketing materials to me unless I'm licensed certified in that state. So let's say that you're my broker, I'm talking to you and there's potentially five MA plans in my geography that I could qualify for, but you're only certified with, let's say two of them. Are you under some sort of obligation to notify me that there's these other plans that you don't earn a commission on, but I need like, I like, what are the rules around like, how much you push the ones that you're certified with versus the ones you're not? Yeah, I love that question. You know, I've been doing, I've been around this a long, long time, whether it's, you know, as an independent broker or working on the carrier side, I would say, I'm sorry, this is a little bit longer answer to your sure. question. Important answer. So my experience dealing in the agent community is that there are very few agents that are going to get licensed and certified for every product in their market. We tend to be a, a, a lazy breed. You know, if I can get away with <laughs> products and not have to certify with a dozen, I'm going to, I'm going to sell two products. Right. Uh, and, and if you're licensed, you know, in a state that has 30 products, uh, I don't know how those guys do it. If they really do license with all 30 pro, I can't imagine that they would. So they have to choose probably which carrier they like the best that, that overall fits more people. It, I'm going to speak to what we do in, in our market. We are licensed with every single MA product. So when I meet with people and as we have started the process of educating Medicare supplements, here's what they do and are and what their costs are. Medicare Advantage plans, here's what they are, here what's their cost, here's your risk, and which path do we end up going down if it's the path of an Advantage plan. By the way, my clients are about 50-50. That is also- That was one of my questions. Thank you that for answering not, that. Not normal. I'm telling you, that is not normal. Most agents are going to pick either Advantage plans or supplement plans. There's not very many that kind of crossbreed the two all the time. So I'm just, I'm not normal. Sorry, I'm not normal. 
But so me our, neither. It's okay. I'm not normal either. That's okay. our our path when when they when all is kind of said and done when they decide. Oh, I think I want an advantage plan. If we're face to face, there's not. We don't have a disclosure that says, "Oh, by the way, we're not licensed with everybody." And so I'm where I start with people if they're want to go down that path is. I want to know who their doctors are, which hospital networks do they want to have. We're going to start there and start narrowing choices. I want to know their full list of medications. I want to know who their dentist is. And we're going to start narrowing down from, you know, 20 different plans down to maybe two or three that are going to work. That's that's my process. Now, we're we're doing more and more telephonic applications. And certainly there are call centers all over the country that is a hundred percent telephonic phone calls and appointments this past year medicare has besides what they call the scope of appointment form that we have to get signed just to have permission to talk about medicare we also have to record all telephonic either phone or zoom appointments. So we have to record everything now. And we now have to read the following statement that essentially says, we are not licensed with every product in your area. If you want more information, call 1-800-MEDICARE or 1-MEDICARE.GOV to get all the information that you need. So that's, sorry, that was a long answer to your question, but we do have to, if it's a phone call, even even us, we're contracted with all of the plans. We we're on the phone or or a Zoom. We yeah. still have to read that silly. <laughs> even if it's not true, wow, it is it's so crazy. But we still have to read that statement. But I get it. I because yeah. there the the vast majority of complaints come from call centers, for sure, for yeah. sure. There were about. 60,000 complaints to Medicare last year from call centers. Now, think about that. The audience doesn't realize my jaw just dropped. I'm like, what? Literally, the people that officially went through the Medicare process of complaining because they felt. Oh, my God. So every one person could easily be 10 people. Oh, it it could be 100,000 people that were pissed off. But 50 went through the process of probably calling Medicare, being on hold for 60 to 90 minutes and then logging a complaint. So I get it. I get it because there are a lot of agents that aren't telling them the whole story. They're not representing all of the products in their market. They're they're pushing one, probably one, maybe maybe two carriers when there might be a dozen in their market. So I get it. I get the rules, but it, it's it, it hurts. I think it hurts the little guys that are out maybe at kitchen table and doing their best and putting you know thirty thousand miles a year on their car and driving all over the place. So, so Matt, when you said that you ask the folks for their list of doctors and their meds, are there any tech tools that you're using, either proprietary tools or offered by the government that help brokers like you say, okay, if these are your doctors and these are your meds, here's what's the best plans that would be like in network that your folks 
like your doctor would be in network with? Yeah, thank goodness we have some tools because especially when we're searching for drug costs and we've got a list of 15 meds that they're taking and we're trying to compare the cost from carrier to carrier to carrier and then flipping back and forth between, okay, here's what it was with the best advantage plan for you. Now let's look at it. Now supplement with a separate drug plan. You know we have those tools. It takes a while to input them, and but the the tools are great, and so they they definitely help us. There are some tools also that we can type in their doctors, and then it will search for them throughout all of the carriers. If if the tool has all of the carriers contract, and then some of the carriers have made decisions, I guess, financially not to participate with certain tools like Connecture or Search and Save and some of those other ones. So I, I generally, when it comes to actually just looking at their doctors, if we're kind of to that point, I'm going to go directly to the carrier at that point and not use the tool and just drill down with the carry tool. So you just go on the carrier's website then? I do. When it comes to doctors and looking up their dentist and that kind of stuff, I, I'm, I'm just going to, and maybe I'm old school, but I'm going to go right to the carrier site just to make sure. You mentioned that there's a kind of larger upfront broker commission. I've read it's, I don't know, several hundred dollars, I don't know, three, four, five hundred dollars, something in that range on MA plan. But then there's an ongoing one for renewals. So talk to us a little bit about like, what are your, what happens after day zero when you sign them up, what sort of ongoing connection or communication do you have with the member, if any? We certainly do. We have a full, we're a full service office. You know, we've got about a dozen backend operations folks that help with claims and billing and, you know, all those kinds of things. We, we do newsletters every quarter. We were very hands-on every year as we're approaching the annual election period, we're sending emails and letters saying, hey, it's that time of year. We've reviewed, we've received information. You've already, you know, re they've probably at that point received their annual notice of change from their specific plan. If it's a plan that is, you know, changing a lot, that letter or email to those specific clients on that plan, we may say, you know what, this might be the year that we should probably look at some, some other alternatives because that changed their network or they've, you know, they went from a 5,000 max out of pocket to 7,500 max out of pocket or something you know, crazy. But a lot of times the advantage plans aren't really changing a lot. And so our messaging during, you know, leading up to October one might be, you know what, we've reviewed it. It's unless you're unhappy with the plan or you really want to dig into some other plans, we think it's probably a, a pretty decent plan to stay with this next year. And if so, you don't have to re-enroll. It just will auto-renew. So to answer your question, yes, we are we're very hands-on with our clients. Can you talk to us about like what are, what, what are you noticing are the key reasons why a member might switch from one MA plan to another or from MA to original Medicare or vice versa? What are the things that are triggering change? And that's a great question. And, and in a roundabout way, I get a lot of those questions from clients is number one, can I switch? And then what's, what is that process? So let me, let me answer that in maybe several different phases. So what's interesting is 
our our clients it's a it's a very small percentage that change no matter whether they start with an advantage plan or they start with original medicare with a medicare supplement plan very rarely i'm i'm betting it's less than it's single digit percentages of our clients that go oh i want the other one now okay and it might be my sister has it and she had open heart surgery and she never paid anything out of pocket and she just can't stop talking about it. I think I want that Medigap plan like she has. So we we don't get a lot, but for I think your first question to change from advantage to advantage, it might be because their network changed and and they don't want to change their doctor. They it's it, it, they would rather just change the insurance because their doctor's now in another you know, situation. It might be because they they took away some dental benefits or they heard that such and such company is paying $50 back of their Part B, you know, kind of a rebate. And and I heard Joe Namath on the, on the TV and he's talking about free, 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 free. And we're going to, we might, we might pay you 146 or 164 night back towards your part B, you know, and they're like, that sounds really good. My plan doesn't do that. What can I do to get on one of those? So, you know, I would say this past couple of years, what is driving more than anything, our clients wanting to look at new plans is all the infomercials. And thankfully, thankfully, most of them are calling us, but we lose clients due to those infomercials and they're calling a call center who knows where and you know, that's just, that's just the competitive nature of our business. So now to switch from, uh, from an advantage plan to a supplement plan, most of the time, now there's some states that have different rules in, in our state to go from an advantage plan to a supplement plan. Typically, number one, you have to do it during the, the open enrollment season or during the, uh, excuse me, the annual election period, which is October 15th to December 7th. And now we also have the open enrollment period from January 1 to the end of March, that that is a window that potentially you can go from advantage to supplement. But it doesn't mean that it's easy. You might have health questions and underwriting and that company potentially could say yes or no. Some might say yes, but you're a little higher risk, so we're going to give you a thirty percent rate adjustment. But most of them are the answer is going to be yes or no in 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 that window. But outside of those windows, they can't switch. Right. Let me let me let me make sure I understand because I always like to repeat back, and I'm probably going to botch this one. So, I think Alex's original question was about churn was about sort of churn from Medicare Advantage to Medicare Advantage or MA to original, original back to MA. So you were saying that there's not a lot of movement or there is a lot of movement. Like, would you give a percentage kind of of people who move within MA? Because I understand there is a churn factor there year over year. Yeah, there's definitely a churn factor in the industry as a whole, without a doubt, without a doubt. Our clients, I would say there's not a real it's doesn't it doesn't help us financially certainly to re to move our clients around like you know a shell game every year 
that doesn't help us because we're paid the same whether we move them from one advantage to another. That doesn't mean we're not communicating with them and, and going through. That is crazy busy time for us because people want to review and that's okay. We get it. From an industry standpoint, that for a lot of agents, that is their number one time period to make money because they know the people mm. change. That's why you see people at a booth at Walmart and their local pharmacy and different places. They're hoping to churn those people walking in the door and say, hey, come over here. You look like you might be on Medicare. Are you aware that there are some there's some changes that you might be missing now. Come sit down and let's talk about things you're probably missing now. Let's let's talk through that. So the, the there are lots. I know for a fact that there are lots of agents out there that their number one way of making money is churning existing client. Not sorry, churning someone else's existing client to their book, without a doubt. And that's part of the, the the lead process. I have I have a friend in the market. He's not in Utah, but his whole and he's been doing this for twenty five years. His whole marketing process is buying leads of people who are about sixty eight to seventy five, and he is, you know, trying to resell them a new Medicare supplement plan. That's his that's his whole deal. That is. That is not, I mean, I, I'm not saying this to say, oh, good for you. Our market is brand new to Medicare, brand new to me, whether they are 65 or 70 year old who's retiring. That's our market. Got it. So you're, you're new entry. Now, is there any cost to the consumer to going with a really reputable agent like you? Or yeah. is there, there, so there is no Never. cost. Never. Doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's the, the same product, the same premium, whether they're going directly through the carrier, whether they're going through a call center, whether they're talking to a local agent, it's all the same. They're, and an agent cannot charge them money to help them navigate. Zero. I was at a Panera recently and I, I, I was like looking over at the table that next to me and it looked like there was a Medicare broker selling an MA plan to an elderly couple. Are, are they allowed to like I don't know, buy you a sandwich or like what are the rules around that? Yeah, that's part of those marketing guidelines. You you could do a sales seminar where you advertise and people could come to the local wherever and you can spend up to fifteen dollars, you know, in of retail value for something to get somebody in the door. You cannot provide a meal to get them to, you know, listen to you. Once upon a time, you could, but that was shut down, I don't know, six, seven years ago. You can, it, if you're in the local, you know, Cracker Barrel or, you know, Golden Corral or like that, you could provide a, like, almost I love like, Cracker Barrel just as a total <laughs> aside. It's like my you know, An appetizer plate, that's, that's legit. You know, the guy who is, who you saw, I, I, I suspect that he probably, you know, had a lead, he called them and maybe they said, let's just, let's just meet over at Panera and, you know, we'll have coffee and we'll, we'll talk about it. That's, that's pretty normal. You know, there's a lot of agents that go out to people's homes. 
sometimes people are a little uncomfortable having some stranger come to the home. So yeah, let's, let's just meet at, you know, Dunkin' Donuts and have coffee and, and et cetera. So that's, that's pretty normal. I, I can't imagine that he was in there and thought, Oh, they have gray hair. I'm just, gonna, <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to ask them if they're on Medicare. I, I doubt it. So, yeah. So, so Matt, I was recently working at Optum and just like any other risk bearing entity, they, they, on some members, they're going to make money and on some members, they're going to lose money. Right. Because some members have really high complex medical issues that are not sufficiently covered by the payment that they get from 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 CMS. Yep. So is there a filtering process? Like if somebody wants this MA plan versus that one, can the MA plan de- deny them? So there is no underwriting in There's MA. No writing at, at one time in the most of the MA products rolled out kind of in a new and improved process in about this time in 2005. For the first probably six or seven years, they had one question and that was, do you have end-stage renal disease? Yes. Okay, that was that was the qualifier. That They've done away with that. So, so without that, do you have Medicare and do you live within the service area? That's it. That's it. Now, there are, there's a health, or health risk assessment or HRA that a lot of the insurance carriers incentivize agents to fill out a that maybe a 40 question health risk assessment but that's after the sale it is not a qualifier it's it can go it'll go back to the carrier and and the carrier u- utilizes that to provide data to, to CMS and that based on the risk that they're getting as a whole, they get more money. They get more money. But um, not, it, not a qualifier to sign up. Okay, I know we're starting to run out of time. So are, what, what, if anything, did we miss and where can folks find you and, and tell us your company name and, and domain again? Yeah, go to 90daysfromretirement.com and we have lots and lots of... You don't have to log in. You don't have to provide any data to, to, you know, our average time that someone's on our site's like 30 minutes. It's, it's crazy. We have wow. written, have YouTube topics. I think we, our marketing guys kind of hit it out of the park when it, it covers every topic you can possibly imagine. And then if they're, if they do want help, you know, essentially they can hit the easy button, so to speak and say, yeah, reach out to me. Here's my contact info and we can we can help them so love it i i I love the education approach to all of this there is so much to learn there's so much confusion and that's what amy and i strive to do too right is just right right uh, yeah i mean i'm i'm actually i'm just sitting here completely blown away i always like to kind of reflect for a second i mean we're just like two dumb doctors that are like hey let's figure out how we're gonna make money from being doctors and like, how does the money flow from like an insurance company perspective or the feds down to us? Understanding how people get into the system to even make that happen is absolutely fascinating and requires sort of an overlapping Venn diagram of very similar information. I, I'm blown away. I'm blown away. And I really want to thank you so much for coming yeah. on the podcast. My pleasure. I hope, I hope that helped. Yeah, I hope it was worth yeah. your time. Amazing. So Matt Gibson, thank you so much from 90daysfromretirement.com. And everybody, please make sure to visit our new newsletter, agingherecom And you can reach out to us at 
masteringmedicare.net or info at agingher.com. Thank you so much. Great. Thank Thanks you. so much. You. you have been listening to the Mastering Medicare podcast. Visit masteringmedicare.net for show notes, additional episodes, and valuable resources. 